Greetings, programs and users. It is time once again for another episode of Old Nerds Drinking. I am John Patrick, the Master Control Program, and joining me today is Jake from Jake and Tom Conquer the Universe. Actually, it's World. We're not going as big as Universe. It's just Jake and Tom Conquer the World. We want to keep our expectations level. Oh, okay. You know, that that's moderate. I, that, that's grounded. I can understand that. I mean, plus when you get into the Universe League, then you got to go against villains like Galactus and Thanos and all that. Just keep it to the world. They're, they're more attainable. It's a doable job. It, we're, it's a slow process. It's been, uh, we, there's been some bumps and bruises along the way. <laughs> uh, well, there has been some uh, bumps and bruises for us, too, here at OND. Uh, this is our first episode on the airwaves since Christmas. So, you know, we took a nice long January break. Uh, I had to go to Vegas for work. That took like a good two weeks out of me. Yeah, now we're, now we're trying to get back in the swing of things. Um, oh, yeah, we're, we're quite behind as well. I don't think Tom and I have recorded... Oh, God, when was the last time Tom and I recorded? It's, it's been a couple months, too. It's... Uh, uh, I, I, it's mostly me. I'll take the, I'll take the full brunt of it. My day job kicks me in the face daily and, uh, just, uh, can't have a hard time. Uh, Tom and I are two ships passing in the wind. Uh, we tend, we, even when we just want to hang out and play at, on a PlayStation, it's always like, he'll be jumping on. Hey, Jake, I'm jumping on. You want to play? And I'm like, sure. Uh, I got five minutes. Then I got to go to bed. Right. Or <laughs> I'm already in bed because I got to be up at like five in the morning. It's, it, it's, it's been rough, but is to be an adult is difficult. Yeah, it's funny because I switched careers during COVID and I went from in my old job starting into February being the busiest time of year for me uh, to a new job where starting in February is the busiest time of year for me. So, (laughs) but just in a different way. Yeah, I went from uh, the restaurant business to the delivery business. And that was a bit of a shock to my system. Uh, ironically, I, I switched to my current job because I was tired of working, like tired of working weekends and holidays all the time. And I thought, oh, this will be different. No, I'm still working every weekend, every holiday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still, uh, 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 I, I, being, a, being an adult is hard. Yeah, I, I know. I really, I don't recommend it. Growing up was by far the dumbest thing that I ever did. I know. Same here. Worst decision I ever made. But the t- the flip side is we get to drink alcohol. We do. We do. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking a nice, big, tall glass of cheap-ass rum uh, because I kind of went for quantity over quality. Uh, I, I always kind of have that debate whenever I go booze shopping. I think I'm drinking, I think it's Caliber. <laughs> I think it's the wow. name of the rum. I will I will uh, say this. I discovered during convention season, you know, back when conventions were a thing, uh, Sam's Club has their own line of Maker's Mark alcohol. Really? And with some exceptions, it is really cheap and damn fine tasty. Uh, I, I would do. Av- cheap I, and tasty are two of my favorite things when I look for booze. Yeah, I would avoid their, like, $17 for a liter and a half of red label <laughs> scotch. But uh, from my friends who enjoy tequila, I have heard that their silver tequila is actually pretty damn tasty. I like silver tequila. Okay, ne- okay, you sold me. Next yeah. time I'm near a Sam's Club. To quote Dave Chappelle as Samuel Jackson, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> awesome. 
I, I had to dig into the beer fridge, and uh, since Ro and I haven't been recording, I, it's actually getting a little light. But uh, fortunately, I had some Killians left over, so I'm tipping back a few of those. Ooh, I haven't touched a Killians in, God, 10 years, I think, is the last time I had a Killians. Uh, it's one of my favorite go-to beers. But I bought it during the summer barbecue season, so it's been in the fridge for a while. I almost, actually, it's kind of funny. We mentioned uh, my podcast partner, Tom. I feel like that's the only time I drink beer is when I'm with him. When I'm not with him and I'm drinking at the house, I'm usually, uh, usually every now and then the wife and I get a bottle of wine. Again, cheap, random stuff, whatever we, whatever looks good at the time. Uh, but usually it's liquor. I'm pretty much almost, almost only drinking liquor nowadays. Same. But here. like you said, summer barbecue. Yeah, yeah. When I go to a barbecue or something or... Yeah, then I'm drinking a beer. Well, it's the same here. I collect bourbon like most people collect socks. Bourbon's a big go-to for me. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially now when I travel, I think it's more fun to get like a bottle of local bourbon from wherever or some kind of local alcohol from wherever I'm going instead of getting like a t-shirt or whatever. It's like, I'll, I'll enjoy the alcohol a little more. Uh, so That's I get like... a really good idea. Isn't it? So uh, last year, uh, the tail end of summer, my family and I, we went to do a couple of days. We hit Traverse City, we hit Mackinac, we hit the UP. So uh, every brewery we stopped at, every distillery I found, I brought home some booze. I probably spent like $300 on booze, but I got some really, really great stuff. And uh, we did a whirlwind tasting of everything I brought home, and uh, Ro, Ro was a little... Little, little sauced by the end of it. <laughs> well, now, now I'm jealous. Next time, well, next time you go to the Traverse City area and you look for someone to hang out for the day, uh, on a real rare chance I'm not working, make sure to ring me up. I'll gladly go drink some bourbon with you. Yeah, this I was gonna say this was kind of a last minute thing where I just ended up with like four days off in a row because of weird scheduling. So it's like, all right, pack up the kids. We're going up north. Oh, it's. It's kind of funny because when I, because I was from, I'm originally from the area not too far north from where you're at right now. But then mm-hmm. when we were kids, going quote unquote up north to where I live right now, that was always the weekend getaway. That was always the you know cheap vacation of going north. And now that I live north, I really kind of miss down south. <laughs> See, I when I was growing up, I had family in Houghton, so a couple of times uh, the summer we would always drive up to Houghton, and that was our up north. We always went up there, and then. As my family stopped going, I kept going, and instead of staying with our friends up there, uh, just myself and a couple of my friends would hit the campground, and we'd stay up there for a week, living like halfway between barbarians and halfway between kings. (laughs) We'd go to Cattlemen's, dump like $200 on meat, and we're sitting there cooking filet mignons over the uh, fire, making like pulled pork barbecue. Oh, there were some good times there. All that sounds fun to me. So it, it's been a while since both of us have recorded, but there's been... It is. I'm, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little rusty on this. I hope you kind of can hold my hand during this. It's okay. I got you. But there has been a lot of media, and specifically, we have the entirety of the Book of Boba Fett to go over. Yes, we do. And what a, what a show to go over. Only seven episodes, but they, they packed a lot in. They did. Oh, my God. It was... I I hesitate to call it the Book of Boba Fett uh, because it was also the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian Season 3 prequel. 
It, it really was. I've heard some people refer to it as Mandalorian Season 2.5. I've had a lot of people... Uh, uh, some people complain about the name of the show a little bit because of the fact that we did... Okay, are we getting right into the spoilers, by the way? Are we going? Are we diving in? Are we, uh, going, I, are we going to go in soft or go in hard on this? Well, that's the thing. It's been... Uh, I think the show's been over for at least three weeks. It, it, it has been. I feel, like, I feel like at this point, if you're listening to a show that I assume has Bookable with it in the title, you've probably already seen it. And if you haven't, then what the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, it's like, at, at this point, I have nothing for you. We're, we're going into it. It's spoiler territory. Nothing is sacred. So uh, there's been a lot of... As uh, I'll come out of the gate right now and say, I really enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. there were a lot of complaints, and some of them are valid. Okay, yeah. I think we're going to get into it. Some of them are legit complaints, though I still loved it. There are legit complaints. Uh, complaint number one that I heard a lot of people say is the fact that we did get two episodes of essentially Mandalorian, and people are complaining, like, why is a show called Book of Boba Fett? That could have been such an easy fix. Yeah, Boba Fett was a cool character to be in the name, but if it really... If they knew they were going to do this, they could have just called it something like Tales of the Mandalorian or something, right. you know, and that would have fixed that whole problem. Not that it was really a big deal for me. I was perfectly fine with it being I don't, as is. I don't have a problem so much of like the Mandalorian being in the book of Boba Fett. What is kind what I feel is kind of unfair is the fact of like how important the plot points that happened mm-hmm. to Din Djarin in the book of Boba Fett are going to be to the Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Like if if you, you're the kind of guy who was like, I'm going to skip the book of Boba Fett. I'm just going to watch the Mandalorian. Then, well, yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> it's season three. You're in for some surprises. I mean, I'll, you know, there'll be a big recap episode. I'm sure a big, you know, recap thing at the beginning, but still you're going to be lost. And, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. Do you know anyone like that? I can't think I've heard people mention this complaint before. Like, Oh, if you don't watch book of Boba Fett, how do you know it's going to go on Mandalorian? Like who doesn't? Yeah. That's like, a, like that's I don't know like, a single person who's a fan of Mandalorian who said, nah, I'm going to sleep on this old Boba Fett thing. Yeah. It, it's like, I do know some Marvel fans who are like, uh, I'm going to skip WandaVision. And then after like three episodes when everybody's like, dude, you got to be watching WandaVision. Mm -hmm. They kind of jumped on the train. But yeah, we're rabid fans. We consume all media. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you're into the book of Boba Fett and you're along for the ride with Kevin Feige, uh, Dave Fellini, and Robert Rodriguez, then... Yeah, yeah, this this you probably did not sleep on Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh it reaffirmed how much I want to punch young Luke in the face. Uh Okay, if we're going to get to the Luke thing right now, I I do have I do have opinions on this. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. Please continue. But then, so, but then I, I do have a rebuttal. I was about to say, so so we skip right over the Boba Fett part and we're going to the Mandalorian stuff. But yeah, so we see Luke Skywalker training Grogu and the Mandalorian comes... Episode six? Yeah, six, episode six. And Din Djarin goes to see him and brings a... He melts down the Mandalorian spear and has it made into a suit of Beskar chainmail for Grogu. But Luke doesn't want him to see Grogu because he thinks it'll be it'll uh, affect his training because he's training Grogu to use the Force. And we did get to see some cool scenes with 
uh, Grogu on Luke's back, jumping around, do it like, oh, yeah. yeah. That, you know, I, I'm never going to ever complain about fan service. I've oh, always yeah. said, yeah. I'm a fan, service me. This was huge fan service, and I loved every second of it. Right. But then you get to the end, and Luke pulls out the chainmail and pulls out Yoda's lightsaber. And makes Grogu choose that, you know, if you want this Beskar, this armor, you'll go back to the Mandalorian, but I'll never be able to train you as a Jedi. Or you can take the lightsaber and I could train you to be a Jedi, but you can never go back to the Mandalorian. And it's like, dude, he's a baby. You're going to make him make that choice? Well, he's a baby who's older than Luke. Right. By a lot, but still. At least least 20 years. Okay, I have a rebuttal to this, and uh, I wish I could take credit for it. I did not think of this myself. I listen to I'm a, I, I like to podcast, but I also listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard an in- interesting opinion uh, on a Kevin one of the Kevin Smith shows, and it wasn't Kevin Smith who said this. Uh, it was one of uh, JC, one of the guys who's on the show. I just want to give credit where credit is due. Interesting theory. I like it a lot. I think I'm adopting it. So the theory is. Luke was in a similar situation back in uh, Empire Strikes Back. You know, he Yoda gives him a similar ultimatum. You know, yes, you can go. You know, I forget the exact quote, but you know, you know, save your friends, but all you will lose all you know all that we've done, you will have lost. Like basically, go save your friends, but you're missing out on me teaching you. And it was kind of a dick move by Yoda. He could have said, "Yeah, go do that, and then come back, and I'll finish your training." Uh, no, he says go, and if you go, you're, you're I'm not going to train you anymore. If you go, save your friends. Luke, of course, made what we know as fans the right decision. He went, say, did what he could. And ultimately, yeah, Han still got taken, I, but he was, saved Leia. I would argue really hard that Luke made the right decision. Han still got lost. He he lost a physical hand himself. And barely made it out of Cloud City alive. Well, he did make it out with Leia and Chewie. He did ultimately, you know, he 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 did the things that ultimately led to the victory. And had he not gone, he would not have learned that that Darth Vader was his father. Uh, Leia would have been lost to the Empire, and who knows how that could have gone? You know, I mean, a million what if examples could have happened where she was just straight up killed, or. Maybe uh, they figured out who she was and Darth Vader converted to the dark side. Anyway, that can be debated. The point is, he was given an ultimatum. And I think that he gives baby Grogu this ultimatum as a test. I think he want. I think Luke straight up wanted him to choose the Beskar. Because he wanted to have a student, a potential Jedi, that would that would choose the family that he loves, the only family that he he's, he's he has, which is the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, over a lightsaber that he did not build himself, did not truly earn, and was basically only do that because he wants power. He wanted... I, I, I truly believe that Luke gave him that ultimatum because he wanted him to go back to the Mandalorian. See, I don't... And, and I think he's playing the long game. I think he's thinking... You know, he wants him to do that and then wants him to eventually return under his own power and finish his training then. No, see, I think it's uh, different. I, I my th- or How I saw it was they're shoehorning the plot that 
Oh yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, it's totally because oh, they yeah. want you know. Well, no, they gotta because sell toys. In, they in... gotta sell merchandise. You know, like Yogurt said, merchandising. It's very <laughs> important in Star Wars. That that little that little green turd has to be on Mandalorian. You gotta push. You gotta move some units. Oh no, not even that. It was that um, in the in the uh, trilogy or the the recent movies. I don't know. Are we calling those? What are they? The, the post quills, the 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 the, uh, the continuation series, but well, anyways, the, pre, the, pre, the the sequel series, the sequel that's trilogy. Like, that's the okay. common, okay. The common term I see online or ST sequel trilogy. Yeah. So in the sequel trilogy, Luke tells Ray that um, Kylo Ren or uh, Ben Solo was ben his first was his first student. So they had to shoehorn that. Oh wait, but Grogu was training with him. So, uh, 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 does he's now I've seen the sequel trilogy a couple times and and I actually am what you might call a sequel trilogy defender. I know your regular co-host Roe does not like the sequel trilogy. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, every time he bashes like, uh, what's her name? Who's in charge of, uh, 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 Kennedy, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy. We're going to turn it into a drinking game. Every time he says that, every time he says course correct, it, it, the true old nerds will be taking a drink. <laughs> but, um, like, I have problems with parts of the the it, sequel yeah, trilogy. I, I feel about the sequel trilogy the same way I feel about Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. There are flaws. I'm not, I'm not ignorant of them. Mm-hmm. I, I see the flaws. Like, I choose to look past them because I enjoyed the story as a whole. Exactly. I enjoy the sum of all of its parts. Yes, there's flaws, but it's still a good story. But I'm not sure. I don't remember him saying, and, 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 and I could be wrong. I have seen Force Awakens a handful of times, but I don't remember him specifically saying no, that it, Ben it, was his first student. Yeah, I know he w- said he got a handful of students. It wouldn't. It wasn't in The Force Awakens because you don't... Luke doesn't talk in the Force. Oh, Wagon. good point. Yeah, good point. So yeah. it's in the Last Jedi when he's when Ray is badgering him. And and first off, let me say, crotchety old man Luke is my absolute favorite part of the Last Jedi. <laughs> like like when it, he just takes the lightsaber and throws it over his shoulder. I'm like, yeah, that that if I'd been through all the stuff Luke's been through, that would be my feeling too. True, and and if I'm wrong, which I very well might be, and and maybe I maybe some version of what I'm saying is right, but it still ultimately leads to the same thing. It does show that Luke is making the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. It's showing that Luke maybe isn't I, let, ready to. Let's and also, be fair. Making wise, poor decisions is kind of a Skywalker family trait. It really is. I think we tend to think of Luke Skywalker, Master Jedi as almost being infallible, but he's not, he, he is, like you said, it's a family trait. The whole family makes bad decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, th- uh, on the subject of like him getting a lightsaber, he didn't make, that's actually a common thing. Like you will train with a lightsaber. And then when it's time for you to be a knight, you would make your own. Cause, uh, I think the only person really in the series we see do that is Anakin. Anakin starts with a lightsaber he built, but all the other Jedi, like Luke, Rey, and that, they had someone else's lightsaber, and then okay. when it was yeah. their time to be a knight, they made their own. Yeah, maybe I'm, too, I'm dealing, you know, I'm, you know, looking too hard on that one little detail, but I still, in my heart, I really, I guess it's more wistful thinking. It's mm-hmm. more me... I, I want Luke to the, have this be all a part of a plan. Let's circle back to the beginning of the book. Of yes, Boba yeah, Fett. let's. 
let's talk about actual Boba Fett. <laughs> or or uh, so or as the first half of the series will forever be known, dances with Banthas. Dance with Banthas. Banthas. I like that. Um, I for one found that I I was enjoying the uh, I heard the term on a I forgot what show was this uh, a flashback to is what mm-hmm. they call it. The fl- oh, that's um, a good one. I liked it. I, again, I wish I could take credit for that one. I don't actually, I don't, I listen to so many podcasts. I don't remember where I heard that one from, but yeah, every time he would go in the flashback to, I found, I enjoyed that more than the, I want to say present day, but it's all kind of prequely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, well, basically we have, we have Tuscan Boba and we have a uh, gang Lord or, uh, or crime Lord Boba. Right. I found I was really more enjoying the Tuscan Boba stuff than I was enjoying the crime Lord stuff. Oh yeah. Um, like th- I love how they're evolving the Tuscan Raiders. Um, there were some well, parts they, yeah, between this and Mandalorian. They've, they've really made them legit characters. They oh, yeah. made them fascinating. I want to see, I want to see more. I don't want to see it overdone, but I, I would be fine with seeing more. One of my absolute favorite pieces of expanded universe lore. Uh, this was in one of the the book, one of the expanded universe novels. I think it was either Tales from Moss Eisley's Cantina or Tales from the Star Wars universe. But they they talked about the Tusken Raiders and how that how they are this ancient race that's been on Tatooine forever, and they don't have a written language. All of their stories are past oral tradition. And the story followed the, like, Tuscan storyteller and how he's training his apprentice. And his apprentice would have to sit at night, and when he learned a story and committed it to memory, he would have to sit and tell the story to the tribe. But if he got one word of the story wrong, if he changed anything, a single word, the storyteller would just crack him on the head with the bantha sticking or with the gaffy stick and kill him because that's how important that was how they had kept their tradition the whole way. I was really hoping that piece of lore would have made it in, but I, I can understand it didn't. Um, but it, I loved the way they're showing the Tuscans as this really, really old uh, kind of society or civilization that's been there for so long, just existing on the fringe and making their own way through the world. Oh yeah. I, I, I love what they do with that. I love that they're adding so much more to like, I, I also like how they're kind of taking a little bit of Tamara Morrison's own culture and kind of, mm-hmm. kind of weaving it into them too. Like when they're doing that ritual where he gets the gaffy stick, you know, like, that's all very much from his own background. Yeah. Um, although it totally reminded me of the scene in Dances with Wolves, where after Kevin Costner had stayed the first time with the Indians or the Native Americans and then came back and he's trying to do his own ritual dance around the fire. And I was like, wow, that, that's like pulled right from Dances with Wolves. God, I haven't seen Nancy Wolf Wolves since I was a child, so yeah, bear with me if I might. I might forget a few of the details wrong. You know, I, I I remember there was a. I think it was when my wife and I were first married. We had a we had the VHS of it, and we would watch it all the time. It's just arguably, it's a beautiful movie. It is very much. So. Um, it just drags forever. It feels I, I. That's the only detail I really remember. The movie is wow, this is long. Yeah, and it feels longer than it is. 
it feels <laughs> like it's a six hour movie and it's only three. Um, but that was during a time where three hour movies were not as common. Though, no, either. no. And then, and then that kind of just became the norm. Um, and that kind of led to all the Kevin Costner super epics. Yep. Cause it wasn't too long after that. We had, uh, Oh, uh, the postman. It was first. Uh, it was then, water uh, world. world. Oh yeah. I remember water world. And okay, I don't want to listen to a Waterworld uh, podcast, but I didn't mind that movie. I know it's like considered like a huge flop and everyone hates it, but uh, I don't mind Waterworld. I thought it was a fine movie. You okay, know, that's all I'm, that's all I'm gonna say about it. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I I vaguely remember it. I loved the story of the making of it more than I actually loved the movie. Oh, I do remember hearing some behind the scenes stuff. Oh yeah, that, like that was a they had shit to. Show. They built the atoll set and they had to import scrap metal because they built it in Hawaii and there wasn't enough scrap metal in the entirety of the Hawaiian islands to build the set. And, uh, and I've heard things like uh, uh, the director kind of just disappeared for a big chunk of the movie. Yeah, and... uh, they were the, to get like they could only film for like four hours a day to get the film where the sun is right. And the islands weren't in there, and they had to actually tow the island, or, or <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. I looked. I'm that same way with the Postman. I I think the Postman was like a really underrated movie, um, and and it was uh, uh, Tom Petty was in it, so it was instantly good. But yeah, uh, so back to the book of Boba Fett. So yeah, yeah you, got, you got you got the first four episodes. Mm. which were i thought which told a story it told the story of him uh okay here's here's one of my first big complaints uh that that some people complain about that i legitimately was disappointed with not mad just disappointed i wanted a little more time inside the sarlacc pit i didn't need a, i didn't need like a whole like hour-long episode but I wanted to see him struggle a little more to get out. I, I wanted to see him try a thing and it fails and try a thing and it fails. I wanted them to maybe uh, maybe have him hallucinate while he's in there, show like a bunch of time is passing. And maybe maybe there's a chemical that's causing him to see things, mm -hmm. you know, maybe uh, uh, not. I don't want to like, you know, armchair quarterback it too much, but like, you know, maybe they could have, uh, you know, they had Tamara Morrison to begin with. Maybe they could they could have had him do double duty and have him play his father, you know, that de-age right. him a little bit, you know, have like Jingle Fett in there too, talking to him telling him he's being a failure or something, maybe uh, throw uh, or a saying or some of the other, other bounty hunters he's dealt with, you know, just kind of play. I wanted that to be a little more of a story. I wanted it to feel like him escaping is something that just doesn't happen. Right. I wanted that to be something where it really showed him struggling. Uh, that's my first my first legit complaint about the show, and, so, that's, and I, it was still fine. It's, he does show he. I like the part where he has to take the air supply from the dead stormtrooper that was in, and that was kind of a nice touch. And he uses flamethrower to get out and all that good stuff. And well, even and in some the, people say, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, go ahead. Uh, but some people say, like, well, why didn't he use a jetpack? Do they not remember his jetpack got fucked over, got fucked by uh, Han when he hit him? In the back with a spear, and that's how he ended up in the pit to begin with. A lot of people forget that moment. Right. Well, going back to the expanded universe, the the expanded universe story, or the Legends universe, whatever they call it now, story, was always that the way he got out was he said everybody always tried to climb out of the Sarlacc pit, but you could never do it. So he blew his own hole out with his grenade launcher, and that's how they essentially show him getting out in this. Um, my Sarlacc complaint is 
the scene of him flying his ship to look into the Sarlacc pit, which is the dumbest use of CGI. Everything about that scene just grates on my nerves. The, okay, yes, the ship has sensors. The ship's glass does not have to be pointed at the Sarlacc pit (laughs) for the sensors to see in the Sarlacc pit. The ship is trying to escape, but the design of the Mandalore or of Boba Fett's ship, all the thrusters in the ba- are in the back. So they show the thrusters glowing, and that's making them pull away. But in reality, it's generating thrust and pushing him further. It should be generating thrust and pushing him further in. This is a problem. Sometimes, like Star Wars breaks physics and it breaks physics so bad it hurts my brain. <laughs> That's one of my problems with The Last Jedi is they break physics and it hurts my brain. Like, why are the laser blasts arcing? Why is the ship out of fuel and just stopping and slowing down instead of letting inertia carry it? Like, like no, no, that does that. that's not how space works. Not to match it was the first time that like fuel has ever really been Yeah, yeah, the 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 mythical hyper fuel and you know okay, no, no, nope. Yeah. Been, been there, done that. We've That's made, a whole other thing. Yeah, we've made this argument before. This is this happens a lot to Roe and I where we will just get back into this cyclical argument that I think we've I think we've rehashed at least four times on the podcast. Um, so yeah, that whole scene, ju- like they could have just skipped that whole part, said him getting out killed the Sarlacc, and had the scene of him like climbing down in there, and saved I, ten I minutes of show. I didn't mind it as much. I didn't mind it as much. I like the idea of him going back and killing the Sarlacc though. I wanted it to be less about him going after his armor, yeah, and more like I more funny if he just showed up. Oh yeah, and just depth charged it and killed the Sarlacc pit, like because he mm-hmm. says like I got a few, uh, oh I forgot his word. He says to Fennec, he has to take care of a few loose ends or something. Oh, yeah, or... He's got some business to take care of. Yeah, yeah. Just just yeah. drive I, past, I, yeah, drop I mean, yeah. the bomb in there, and then w- go through the sludge. That would have been, been a perfectly fine moment. The the weird thing of of it grabbing a hold of the ship and the ship having a hard time pulling away, even though it's a fucking spaceship, spaceship. But yeah yeah you have enough thrust to escape you know a planet's gravity but not against some plant lizard thing right yeah, no, no, it, that's a reasonable i didn't bump into it as much as you did though it that, that scene didn't bother me as much uh it's a little weird could have been quicker i think they were just going for kind of neatness factor this they wanted it to be a spectacle if he just if he just flew by and dropped a depth charge and moved on you know, then it would have been too too over too quick. Yeah, see, I think I blame the expanse for spoiling me with like physics correct sci-fi, and now it's like, oh wait, no, this is Star Wars physics. Physics is kind of made up and fast and loose. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to have a little more suspension of disbelief when it comes to Star Wars stuff. Right. Uh, then, then the other the other big complaint is the slowest speed speeder chase <laughs> in the entirety of the Star Wars universe. You know, I'll, that episode, I think this is episode three. Yeah. Uh, with the mod. 
<coughs> excuse me, the mods. Mm-hmm. Gets probably the biggest complaint of this entire series. Uh, again, maybe I'm just too, I just uh, am too easy to please. I didn't mind them as much. Yeah, they're ridiculous. They look silly. Um, they, the mods they, themselves are fine. They're speeder mopeds. Yeah, the, are the whole the whole Vespa story. gang thing. Yes, I, I I I also get. I know it's got roots in in real life story, and I get that there was some old like I don't know British movies or something that had similar things. Whatever, I, I get that. I know I can, I can see what they were going with. Uh, it's just, it was just a weird, silly choice. Yeah. Didn't mind it though. Overall, I thought it was fine. The idea of like a cyberpunk gang. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the, you know, working with Boba Fett and he kind of turns them into his muscle. Like that's fine. I thought that was perfectly fine. It it was just that like, it felt like this high stakes chase scene was taking place at a brisk walking pace. (laughs) Like yeah. I, I, at any time I expected like somebody to just come jogging up beside them and, <laughs> and like push somebody. Oh, it's like, oh, he's escaping in his speeder. I will just run up to him and jump on it. Yeah. That whole scene was just straight up ridiculous. Uh, other than that, I thought it was fine. Uh, that did that episode did give us, uh, was it, uh, Steven, Steven Root? Is that the name of the actor who plays the watermonger? I might be getting his name wrong. Oh, oh God, yeah, I don't remember him. But anyways, I mean, it took me a couple seconds to realize who he was. Like, oh, it's the office space guy. Like, I didn't pick it up on it when I first started watching. But oh, one yeah, of those, yeah. He's one um, of those character actors that kind of like, you see him, he's like, oh, he's... He's that guy. He's that guy. Um, We got Robert Rodriguez playing the uh, mock Shaz, the mayor of Mos Espa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Danny Trejo Machete, Machete in the official Star Wars lexicon so, now. So good, not used enough. No, okay, this is this is my big complaint number two. <laughs> uh, they introduced Danny Trejo, love him, has a great scene, but in the I was like, okay, when are we going to see him again? He's, I was about he's to say, gotta be, why isn't he in the, in the final the fight? Episode. Like no. you, you could have just had him whip out with some like vibro blades and start going Machete. Oh, or just, yeah. or, just, or just like when, uh, you know, maybe he helps, uh, you know, at, like right after uh, Grogu calms down, uh, calm, calms, calms down the the rancor. Rancor. Wow. For some reason, the name just slipped. I kept wanting to say Sarlacc. No, it's not Sarlacc, dumbass. We just talked about that. Yeah. As soon as he calms down the rancor, Dean Trail could have just popped in with his like hover sled and you know just they could have just shown him trying to figure out how he's going to load this thing back up you know that just one little scene with him one right, more scene right. minus just... that he's still there i know i mean it it's i it's like a package deal if you get robert rodriguez you get danny trejo so you know he we could have used him a little bit more just a little bit just a and little. he and rodriguez directed that last episode he did so could have totally fit him in um yeah i mean but uh surprisingly i those are like the the speeder chase and some of the stuff with luke are really my only complaints of the series um i so I, let's talk, let's talk about our if you don't mind i don't want to take over but oh no go ahead what are, favorite moments what are your some of your favorite moments this time oh honestly my favorite moment was when boba fett's like bonding with the rancor and he says, I've rode beasts bigger than this before. 
and it kind of harkens back to um, the Mandalorian heritage. Because um, there's no one unique moment I like about this. Um, I loved this character progression of Boba Fett. Um, from... Like this whole thing, the the whole show was about him finding who he was, because you have to remember, like he wasn't really a Mandalorian. He never learned any of the Mandalorian ways. He he lost. The only person who would have started teaching him about being a Mandalorian was his father, and his father was killed when he was a boy. So he spent the formative years of his life on his own. He wasn't a member of the Mandalorian Creed. We see that by him constantly taking his helmet off that he he's not one, he's not part of their religion. He he's like an outsider among his own people. And he changes his uh, when they see him being a the crime lord and they're like well this isn't the way mandalorians are well no he's he spent his time with the tuscans and he found a he found his way in the world he found a culture and a a creed he could live with and then he saw that wiped out and decided that no I'm not going to be the wandering bounty hunter anymore. I am going to make my mark. I am going to make my own fiefdom. My own tribe. Yes. Yeah. He says he needs his own. He can't do it without a tribe of his own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we'll get to see Din Djarin do all sorts of Mandalorian stuff. But I think Boba's going to kind of have his own closure that this is. A lot of people complain about this show that they're not getting this, they're not getting the the man in the mask, you know, running, you know, being this bounty hunter story. But like they're forgetting, but we got that, we got that with the Mandalorian, right? Right. The Mandalorian is, you know, maybe he's a little softer than what Boba Fett was back in his prime, but he is that character. He is essentially Boba Fett. You know, he is the version of Boba Fett that people want. Well, and, and you can't do two shows. I mean, they could, sure, but right. you don't want two shows where you basically got the same character. They had to have him branch off and become a different character. And if this is going to continue being the story of old man Boba Fett trying to find his way, you know, being a simple man trying to find his way in the world. I, I'm I'm in. I'm totally. I don't in think it's this. so much him find. I think he's found his way in the war world. I think it's going to be him basically creating his own empire. His own, like him bringing control, like he said, he will rule through respect and kind of taming this lawless frontier. Uh, And and it goes back to like the final end credit scene where you see he's hurting and they say, well, why aren't you in the back to tank? And it's like somebody else is using it. And uh, uh, the callback to my favorite moment in the entire show. The duel between Cad Bane and Cobb Vanth. I, I, I loved. I had, I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I was standing up at that point because that that episode, the sixth episode, had so many holy shit moments. Holy shit moment. Holy shit moment. See, I'm I like, I'm, I'm like an inch away from my 55 inch TV, just staring at every moment of this. I care less about the scene of the gunfight. And more about the meme somebody made later where it's Cad Bane and he's like, I shot the sheriff. And then it's oh, the next panel yeah. is Bob Marley. But you didn't shoot the deputy? And Cad <laughs> Bane's like, 
just just silent. And then Bob Marley's <laughs> like, "You didn't shoot the deputy, deputy, did you?" <laughs> um, deputy, deputy Scott. I non Star Wars name ever. Right. The, I mean, yeah, that was a great callback to like the old spaghetti western gunfights. But I actually kind of like more the fight between Boba Fett and Cad Bane. Um, because oh, that, that, yeah, a lot of people complain about that. No, I, I, I am sad a little bit because I loved Cad Bane a lot. I mm. love his character from the Clone Wars. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're a big Clone Wars animated show fan or not, but that's where that character really thrived. And they find, they bring him into live action only to kill him off the episode later. It was sad, but at the same time, it gave a good bookend to that character. Right, right. Um, and see, it goes back to the whole thing. The whole thing I was saying about Boba Fett is like Cad Bane's one of the few people who's known Boba Fett since he was a boy and is kind of that knew his backstory and by Boba Fett killing him, he's like, yes, I am no longer who I was. I am yeah, no it, longer. The... Very symbolic of killing his past. He killed exactly. the last. He, he killed a remnant of, of of who made him who he was. Right. Um, to help so, him finally move on. Yeah. So so I totally. And, and him using the gaffy stick to do it because like, oh, man. Yeah, it, it showed that, no, he can't beat. You know, he, he, he couldn't beat Cad Bane on the draw. Cad Bane was too good of a gunfighter. So he had to switch it up. Right. And by embracing the new story, he had the weapon he needed to win the fight. Yep. Very symbolic. Very well done. Now, I I got one little thing to bookend this. OK. Uh, so we're, I, I want to tell you where. A fan, a quick, a quick fan theory of where I think the story is going next. Okay. And I don't mean, I don't mean just book of Boba Fett because a season two has not been announced. Mm-hmm. Um, this could have been a one and done. Although, although at one point it was being called a, se- a, a series, but when the show actually ended, I believe they, if you look at, if you look on Disney Plus, it says season finale. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna read. I don't want to read too much into that. Just gonna throw that out there. Um. <clears throat> so, are you familiar with, uh? Uh, George Lucas's plan for the sequel trilogy before he sold to Disney. Are you familiar at all with what the plan was? No, I, I don't know. So, so he had some, some basic uh, treatments, you know, basic plan and outline of what he had in mind for a sequel trilogy and uh, basically episodes seven, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> he gave it to Disney and I don't know all the details. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote anything. But they, of course, they decided to not go with it, and they went with what became the sequel trilogy. Right. But the original plan, he was not going to have a you know Empire 2.0 come back. He, he didn't want to do do that. He wanted to be a crime story, uh, and that's why he was building up uh, the the idea of the the Crimson Dawn, and um, that's why he when he was still helming when he was still helming uh, the anime in series, why he brought back uh, Darth Maul or Maul and right. had him become a crime lord. His the... whole intention was he, he it was basically, it was going to be uh, the new, uh, the new Republic versus uh, versus the crime syndicate in a big crime story. And at the head of the whole thing was going to be Darth Maul. That and actually... it was going to be, and it was going to be a big story about Luke starting his Academy and, having to deal with this uh is this remnant of of the sith who's not a sith anymore but he's still been trained by the sith and then i guess he had an apprentice too and i think they were gonna uh 
I forget her name, but I think she was a, a red skin Twilight female that was oh, going to be no, like no, his apprentice. Yeah, I think she was yeah. from the one that's from the comics. Anyways, um, that was the basic ideas of what they were going to do for a sequel trilogy, and that's been you know that was shelved. I think they're slowly building into that story, you know, making some tweaks and changes along the way. It's not going to be Darth Maul; it might be someone else. Um, but in the comics right now. I only kind of casually read the Star Wars comics. I read the I read the uh, Darth Vader series. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I have a hard time getting into like any of the other ones, like uh, uh, Doctor Afra and I, the I, Bounty Hunter. I picked up Doctor Afora. I kind of liked it. It's Is like, it Afora? That was Afra. I, I, I you. It's Star Wars. Who knows? Yeah. Until we hear until it they, on a movie. Until we hear it, I saw it loud. Yep. But I see that kind of tracks because. If you remember, one of the last big things before the prequels he did was Shadows of the Empire. And in Shadows of the Empire, the big plot point of that was the uh, Black Sun crime syndicate pushing up against the uh, pushing up against the Empire. Yep. Um, See, I had I don't know if you had heard um, when I told Ro about my 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 theory of the solo movie. But uh, my pitch was what they should have done is they shouldn't make Solo into a trilogy. They should make it like a smuggler trilogy. So your first movie is about Han Solo and how he got the Falcon and doing the Kessel Run. Your second movie is the Lando movie. And you have it be Lando's got this job and he he could only do it with the Falcon. So he's got to get Han to come with him. But the movie is about lando making moves and doing it which gives us you know more of lando which is what we all wanted after solo um and in the end you find out that he's trying to get uh information about the the uh the crimson dawn and that's where we learn that kira is now darth maul's apprentice and that actually kind of goes with what they're doing in the in the comics right now. They do, they just wrapped up a big crossover event because mm-hmm. um, of course it's, it's Marvel and they're going to do a crossover event. Right. And they they did one where it was all up. I think it was called something of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, but the the the, 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 the basic presence was a uh, uh, premise was a uh, uh, Boba Fett is transporting transporting uh, frozen carbonite Han Solo, but he gets. Uh, Han gets stolen by the Crimson Dawn, and you bring they bring back Kira, the the little girl from Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. She, she her, her character comes back, and you know she auction she tries auctioning off it, and all the big heavy hitters show up, and then Darth Vader shows up and steals them, and yada yada. And, but there's a moment where she actually gets in a fight with Vader, and she pulls out like not a lightsaber, but like a like a double like an energy weapon. Right, it was a double weapon, and she starts fighting Vader, and he immediately goes. I know who trained you. I recognize your style. Right. And basically, you know, kind of references Darth Maul. Darth Maul taught her how to fight. So I think, you know, going back to my theory of where, where the Filoni verse is kind of going to is I think they're building up to a big crime story. I think the right. whole purpose of Book of Boba Fett is to kind of set that table, introduce some players, kind of get you a little idea of who's kind of doing what in the universe you know, I think the Hut twins are going to be big players in the story. I think that the uh, um, uh, what were the main bad guys at the end of this? I, I'm, I'm right oh, brain the, farting. Oh, uh, the um, the oh, something God. syndicate. Yeah, the, I, uh, it's gone. It was in my head a second ago, and now it's gone. Uh, right. 
this is where Tom's going to listen to this episode. And he's going to be yelling at me because I'm forgetting something. But anyways, the people, the players that is introduced in this story, I think is going to be a big part of this. And I think we're going to get a version of that movie just played out in the in Disney Plus in the shows. Between, I think that we're going to see seeds of this in the Ahsoka series, and we're going to see seeds of this in Mandalorian season three. And um, I, I know we're not getting uh, uh, Rangers of the New Republic now, but. I think that they had probably plans on it going there, and it probably is going to lead to some big crossover event thing where all the characters play into it. Anyways, I just wanted to get that out loud so I can say, hey, I was right. I was right. See, and going back to what I was saying, so the the reason I... So you do the Lando movie, and then the third movie would have been a Boba Fett movie where the Crimson Dawn hires Boba Fett to go after Han Solo, and you finally un- it finally gives this pretense of a story of why Boba Fett had such a hard-on to hate Han Solo. But also, you wrap up the movie with the Battle of Tanab, and we finally find out what Lando did that was worthy of him being made a general of, or in the uh, Rebellion. Oh, there's a little movie pulled there. That that, that would have been good. That would have been, been good. And the thing is, I think what we I think that we're gonna do something similar. Because I remember in the early phase when they were first starting when uh before uh I think I think it was sometime around when I think before Solo came out. Uh this may have been like after after Rogue One, but before uh, the Last Jedi. I think that they were starting to like there was rumblings of a Boba Fett movie because they said, "Okay, yeah. we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna do a sequel trilogy movie every like odd number of year, and every even number of year, we're gonna do like a standalone story. Yeah, the, we're gonna do Rogue a, a Star, One, and then we're gonna do Solo, a Star Wars story a, movie. Star Wars story. Talking about. Uh, I, I almost, I've almost, I'm almost positive, and I could just be remembering wrong, but I thought there was rumblings. Maybe even there was an announcement, or it was a leaked announcement of a Boba Fett movie. And that's ultimately what got that story got reworked when they kind of had some, you know, solo wasn't a success. And, and, you know, and then of course, episode nine kind of, you know, I'm sorry, it kind of shit the bed a little bit, um, especially with people's uh, opinions of it. And I liked it, but overall it did did not do what they wanted it to do. Space horses on the side of a star destroyer. Like why of all the Jump. Because they they couldn't jam them because they, they, if they were speeders they would have been jammed they they set a line and yeah, somehow Palpatine returned. I I care less about Palpatine returning than about space horses on the side of a starship. I, I just love that line that Poe gave. Somehow Palpatine returned. Yep, that's what we're gonna get. That's yep. <laughs> that's the explanation. Somehow, God, that's Palpatine what I want. Returned. I want more freaking Poe Dameron. I, I did too. I, I actually, want more I, stories I with Poe and Finn. Poe and more Finn. Uh, Ray was a good character, but I really wanted more Poe and Finn. I really wanted it to be like I want it. Oh, like, I, I, again, I don't want to get into a big the, the sequel. Ba- the, like the trilogy. best Star Wars bromance since Han and Chewie. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that, need... I just I definitely wanted more of that. I mean, that's that should be the next. They should. They Disney needs to back up as many truckloads of money to. Uh, the guy who played Finn, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, too. Oh, God, yeah, uh, same, same. Uh, mm, I can yeah. Google it, but I don't want to. Right. Um, they need to basically back up trucks loads of money to his door. Oh, John Boyega. He, John Boyega. They need to give him all the money to get us a Finn series. Like, I would love a Finn Disney Plus So here's show. here's um, something 
we know a rogue squadron movie is happening and and like dude my nerd well it's it's it was definitely gonna happen but then now there's uh, I, I i'm not gonna speculate like a lot of people are saying it's totally dead i'm not gonna go that far i don't oh, think no. it's dead but i think it's I think that they're. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it still happening. I'll say that much. No, because see, it was announced at the Star Wars or the Disney investors meeting after yep. episode after the Last Jedi. So or um, Rise of the Skywalkers. It was all that was one of those things that was announced. Yeah, but then, but then uh, uh, the 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 director she made an announcement how it's it's being postponed so she could focus her attention on other things. And there's rumblings of cre- the, the the dreaded creative differences. Uh, and there's been no news about it in a while. Um, I, I, unfortunately, so we do have a big Star Wars event coming up. Mm. Uh, I think it's in May. I think yeah, Star Wars is. celebration. Um, but I see that's the thing is, if if we don't hear a big announcement involving that DJ... movie, I think it's going to be dead. Uh, which, oh and my I God. hope I'm wrong. I hope I really want it to happen because there is huge potential that they don't have to make Rogue Squadron a pre. Like they don't have to make it like a the the classic Rogue Squadron we're all thinking of with Luke Wedge and all that. They can make it a post Episode Nine mm-hmm. of the new Rep- the new Republic or whatever the the it is building a new squadron and that can bring back Poe as Poe is going to be the new leader of Rogue Squadron and he you can get the uh, the actor who played Wedge Antilles to play old man wedge and like, cause he showed up in episode nine and have him start building like this new elite ro- uh, Republic st- uh, starfighter squadron. I like I'd more than anything else in the 100%. star Wars, more than anything else in the star Wars universe. I want the rogue squadron movie to happen. Like I have been waiting for a rogue squadron movie since like the, the dark ages of star Wars when the rogue squadron novels and the rogue squadron, uh, comic book were coming out. Yeah. And, and I really hope it still happens. And I hope you're right. Cause I want more sequel trilogy content. You know, whether you complain about it or love it, love it, love it or hate it, I want more content. I want to see where that story goes. Right. Well, what I, what I think they have the potential to do, everybody was weird about the title, The Book of Boba Fett. You can, the idea I have is that you can take that brand and you can make now these micro series about mm-hmm. any character. And it's like the next one can be The Book of Ahsoka. Uh, the book of Obi-Wan is like, and it's just a idea that this is going to be a self-contained story. Well, about... I think Obi-Wan already, I don't think they're going to change the name. Yeah. Now. Cause that, that's, close to... yeah. Uh, over you and McGregor. Yeah. Give him his time as Obi-Wan. Uh, but yeah, like you have this idea that we can have the more of these micro series that focus on one character and, you know, Maybe let's bring back some of the people from the the sequel trilogy because you know I would like to see more with Daisy Ridley as Ray. I would like to see more with Poe and Finn, um, and you know just because we lost Carrie Fisher doesn't mean we have to end the Star Wars universe there because we can't go any further. Well, you know, with C- also with, you know, let's 
I think we, we got to talk briefly. I don't want to get too much, you know, go too much longer, but I think we got to at least talk about how good deep fake Luke was compared yeah. to compared to the pre uh, Mandalorian season two. And I liked Mandalorian season two a lot. I, I thought that his cameo, I thought he looked amazing. I had no complaints whatsoever, but now compared to what they did and, and the fact that he wasn't in just one scene with a couple lines. I mean, he's, he's in, he's all over. Oh, that yeah, episode. yeah. I actually was really impressed with deep fake Tarkin uh, from Rogue I like one. I like deep fake Tarkin too. Like, I, I people bump into that, but I thought it was good. He was just as menacing and just as like evil as almost more terrifying. Cause he looked as, cause he looked just, uh, what was that term they use? Uncanny Valley. Yeah. He looked just a Valley. little bit off, which I think made him even more terrifying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder if uh, whoever was the digital or whoever was the physical stand in was wearing his comfy slippers. <laughs> cause we can only hope. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, I, again, I, 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 well, Carrie Fisher may be gone, but there's no reason we can't get more of these characters. Exactly. Um, this, the Star Wars universe just begs to have stories told that don't involve the Skywalker family. Yep. Uh, and this is, and no, no matter what you say, this, these three seasons we've gotten, the two seasons of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, yes, Luke played a big part. But I don't know if big part was the right no, word. He, 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 he played a part in the story. Right. And it felt bigger than what it really was. But they could have easily done all those stories without him as well. Yeah. And it would have just been a, been just as Like, good. you could have just as easily replaced the appearance of Luke with Ahsoka Tana, and the story would have been exactly the same. It yeah. wasn't germane that it had to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah, no, it was... You, you, can, you can do more stuff with the characters... Or you cannot, you know. Either way, I'm just happy we're getting more Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a fan, just like you said. Like, give me all the Star Wars, just like with Marvel. Give me all the Marvel. I will consume all the Marvel. If, if from here on out, uh, every week I am watching either a Star Wars show or a Marvel show, I, I I'll be fine with that. Oh yeah, and I, yeah. I, and I don't think we're too far from it. In fact, I think we're even going to start seeing some overlap here pretty soon. Yeah, because let's see, because um, yeah, yeah, it was Moon Knight real soon. Yeah, Moon Knight's uh, beginning of March, and before that, it was the, all the Marvel shows. It started out last year with Mandalorian season two, and then Mandalorian season two ended, and it rolled right into WandaVision. WandaVision rolled right into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier rolled right into Loki, and then Loki rolled right into i believe book of boba fett like there's like a couple of weeks in between and then now book of boba fett's done and we're rolling well, actually in. i went i went uh that's correct yeah but it went loki then it went into uh oh hawkeye uh, hawkeye. hawkeye i forgot about hawkeye so yeah and then after hawkeye it rolled right into book of boba fett and i believe moon knight's coming next and after moon knight um i don't know what well, the next Kenobi. Oh, we'll have Kenobi. Okay. Um, we'll have Kenobi, and then and I'm not sure the next Marvel show. I know that there's going to be a uh, uh, a Miss Marvel show. Yeah. Is it Miss Marvel? Yeah, I think it's Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yep. I know that's coming at some point. I know that they've. I'm, I'm pretty sure they've wrapped filming. I don't know where they're at with everything else, but I'm right. pretty sure they wrapped filming. 
Yeah, because the the Star Wars shows we're supposed to get this year are Kenobi, um, the uh, Andor, the the Cassian Andor show, and then um, Ahsoka and Mandalorian season three. My my only comment I'm gonna say about the Andor show is I I liked Rogue One. It wasn't my favorite, but I liked it. It introduced a lot of really fascinating characters. I'd love to see more information about and Cassian Andor, the most boring character of that entire movie, and that's the character they're making a spinoff for. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. I, I I'm hoping I love it, and All I'm I hoping can... I can eat those words, and that it, it turns out to be the best thing ever. But right now. I'm like, really? That's what they're going with? See, actually, I, I like that idea. I want to see Cassie and Andor being like rebel spy and saboteur. However, if you don't have K2S1 or K2SO in K2SO? this, yeah, we're going to have a problem. Let's face it. Disney basically rings the bell and Alan Tudyk answers. Um, yeah, it's, he will not be hard to book. I'm sure he's got the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. If, if there is no K2SO in this, because let's face it, K2SO was the best part of Rogue One. Oh, hundred percent. I mean the the, it, the two guys. Uh, um, oh, I, got, I think I got I think I got one of their figures up on my wall too. Baz Katana. Uh, ba- Baz and. Uh, oh, I forget. Uh, I have his pop figure on my shelf somewhere and now i don't see it uh, anyways those two guys oh yeah uh, what, what are they called the keepers of the wills or guardians of the guardians wills? of the wills yeah let's see a backstory behind that let's see i, want, I would love to have seen that before i saw uh, they actually did they actually did a young adult book uh because i got it for my daughter right after rogue one came out because she really loved rogue one um but yeah it was about the two of them and because yeah the the blind monk guy played by uh danny Yao. No, fuck! I really should have. Oh. Yeah, we're we're failing this. We are knowing people's names this episode. I am terrible with actors' names. I I am too. I it's 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 one of my definite weak points. It's why Tom and I make a good group together because <laughs> he's really good at that. It's like I can I can quote you rules from war games that have been <laughs> out of print for thirty years, but you know. Ask me who was in this TV show I just watched, and yeah, no clue. Like, like sometimes big name people too, like actors, like Tom Hanks, will some reason just slip my mind one day. Ah, uh, uh, that guy from Big. Uh, <laughs> the 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 most lovable man in Hollywood. Everyone's favorite actor. What's his name? Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of like big Hollywood stuff. We did also just get the trailer to the next Marvel movie. Yes, we did. Uh, uh, during the big football game, we finally got uh, uh, the Doctor Strange. What the, what's it called something of madness in the multiverse of madness. Multiverse of madness. Yes. Uh, pretty huge. Pretty huge trailer. Really good. Tons of big Easter eggs. Oh my I, god! Dude. I don't know if I. I don't know. I don't know if I have the time to go too far into it. But wow. So. It's good. Oh I mean, yeah, like there, there are. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, we were talking before we started recording. I had to watch three different uh, Easter egg videos on the trailer. I think you said you were at two. Yeah, I'd watch two. I'd watch like the Nerdist one and some other random one that popped up. But yeah, um, a, a lot of stuff I missed, a lot of stuff I caught. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people are right though. If you if you skipped out on watching What If, yeah, you're you're, gonna, you're, you're doing do... a disservice to yourself. Yeah. 
so uh, I, I have I have feels or I have theories. Um, so I was talking to a friend at work, and so in one of the scene, one scene of the trailer, you see Doctor Strange being under arrest and escorted by some Ultron bots. And I guess a friend of mine said there's some rumor going around that it's going to be a multiverse version of Tom or of uh, Tony Stark played by Tom Cruise. I have heard this rumor, and I um, think I hate it, that in, idea. In the comics, so there was much. a uh, there was a brief period where Tony Stark was kind of there was a storyline where people kind of like some people who were good turned evil, and evil turned good, and one of the characters was Tony Stark, kind of went dark. And uh, I forgot what the book was called, but he he had a definite look to him. And uh, later in the trailer, you almost see what looks like him fighting, uh, fighting Wanda. And I, and I I think it might be. And I'm I'm wondering if that theory might hold water. That I think that might actually happen. Because the well, the biggest kind of Easter egg I think in this trailer is that it gives a peek of the possible Illuminati. Which, mm-hmm. which is like the cabal of the big bad, like the big badasses of the Marvel universe, who are the ones that are kind of secretly working behind the scenes. Um, they were the ones who were working against the Skrulls to prevent another Skrull invasion, and the like, the secret wars, all that stuff. And you hear a voice, and it is one hundred percent obvious that that voice is Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart himself. Yeah, so this could, we could finally get the prophesized point of mutants appearing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, it's going to happen, and this may as well be the thing that happens. I'm wondering if we're going to get kind of a, I know it's kind of a DC thing, but like a, we're going to get like a Crisis of Infinite Earths kind of outcome, where... Like when it's all said and done, the the universe will have changed, and because I think it'd be I think it'd be weird if just like Wolverine and the X Men show up and they're from a multiverse and they're not actually from the main Marvel universe, and that would be a little weird. Well, or they, if they just all of a sudden appear now, I think we're gonna get some sort of like a a retrofit thing where they're gonna kind of be here, but they'll have been here all along. I think it's going to be one of the outcomes. Well, and I was going to say, they could do kind of a reverse of the House of M, where in the House of M, it was Wanda said, no more mutants. And like two-thirds of the mutant population just were no longer mutants. But in this, she does some weird chaos magic-y thing, and now all of a sudden there's mutants. And if that's the case, I'm totally on board. I'm in. I'm in. Um, We get to see... Uh, the big eye thing, Shigoroth, but they had to name it something else because some lawsuit over the name. Yeah, I heard about that. that yeah, was probably one of the trails to watch. Um, we get to see Baron Mordo come back, but they uh, the speculation is that that's not the Baron Mordo that Doctor. Yeah, Strange I heard that too. Primed. He's a, a variant, or a, yeah, I forgot what the term they call him. Yeah, that's another thing. Is 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 this going to tie into? what we learned in Loki about this theory of variants and are all these multiverses just variants? I think it's going to tie heavily to Loki. As a matter of fact, I would be very surprised if Tom Hilson doesn't appear in this. Oh God. Yeah. I didn't think any, I loved Loki so much. Uh, so yeah, I, I would, I would, I mean the, the Loki show and I guess Loki, the character, but I would really love to see more uh, of Tom Hiddleston. And then I guess, 
one of the supposed other members of the the Illuminati is going to be Peggy Carter as Captain Carter. Which I'm honestly, if they make the Illuminati like all if they somehow worked in like all the characters from the tail end, you know, the not to spoil a show that's already done, but like if they bring in all the characters from what they call the Guardians of the Multiverse, yeah, from the What If series, we'll see. The, yeah, and that was the one of the the theories. I uh, the theory I would rather see is Killmonger with the Ultron uh, powers. Yep. Because one, just to bring Robert B. Jordan back, because he fucking nailed it as Killmonger. Like I was so and, sad. And I think this is this is how you do it. This yeah. is how you bring him back. You know, bring his character and the actor back. Mm-hmm. And it works. Uh, so there's that. We we got to see evil Doctor Strange. Um, so yeah, he him from What If is making a comeback, and possibly zombie Doctor Strange. Oh, God, I hope not. I'm sorry if it hasn't been evident from episodes of Old Nerds Drinking that you've listened to. Marvel Zombies is my absolute least favorite idea. <laughs> That has ever existed in the Marvel Universe. I'm glad to hear it because I was not a big fan either. As a matter of fact, that was the episode of What If I Was Looking Forward to the Least. In fact... Uh, I enjoyed the episode, but it was not the one I was excited for. I I, I remember when that series came out, I thought, okay, that's kind of neat, whatever. But then it just kept happening and because people kept buying them. So they did like, I don't know, like 12 or four, 15 sequels to that series. The and... only good thing to come out of Marvel What If or excuse me, not Marvel What If, but Marvel Zombies, was the fact that um, in one of the episodes they crossed over uh, Ash from Army of Darkness. That mm. part of what created the Marvel universe or the Marvel Zombie universe was the Necronomicon, and the magic of that that also made the Marvel Zombies brought him back. So, you know, if we get to see Bruce Campbell as Ash, <laughs> then I'm okay with it. Well, who's... uh? Who's the director of uh, of Multiverse of Madness again? Oh, gee, it might be Sam Raimi. Doesn't he have a relationship with... Right. uh... Isn't he a serial employer of Bruce Campbell? (laughs) So we're... I I just want to see the Council of Ash. I just want to see, like, him playing five or six versions of himself. So it means... uh, Sam Raimi directing this means we're going to get Bruce Campbell and we're going to get a Ted Raimi cameo. And... And uh, Sam Raimi's old car will be in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm definitely on board. Um, I don't want to talk too much more about it because I just I, I can't wait for it. Uh, yeah. And I, honestly, I kind of don't want to see any more trailers. I kind of want to see like this good trailer. Everything was good. Don't show me anything else. Yes. I want to go in as, you know, I'm not going in blind. I don't want to. I just don't want any more details. I want a trailer to excite me without giving away the plot. And that is such a rare thing nowadays to the point where I can honestly tell you the exact last time I saw a a movie and the trailers didn't give away the big plot and I was blown away in the movies that I didn't get that spoiled for me. And it was the first Matrix movie, which is why I still love the first Matrix movie so much because... The trailers told you some things about it, but when you found out the whole story in the movie, it blew your mind. It was definitely a movie that the trailer... uh, Two examples of movies where the trailer did not do it for me, but I ended up loving the movie was that and Fight Club. 
I remember Tom and I going to see some movie. I don't remember what it was. And the trailer for Fight Club came up. And we laughed at how ridiculous that trailer was and how that's the stupidest looking movie we ever saw. Uh, the the movie like that for me was Unbreakable. I loved the movie too, but it was one of those movies where, uh, I don't know if you ever had this moment where you walk out of a movie and go, wow, that was really good. I don't ever want to watch it again. Yeah. It was one of those kind of movies where like I want to I want to remember this movie and, and the f- way I felt watching it. Like I have in my DVD collection that movie still unopened. Like because I, I had rented it and then I'm like, oh, I gotta buy this, and I just never opened it. I have a lot of unopened movies, in fact. So you know, I, um, I went back and watched it like a couple of times right after because I wanted to kind of see the progression of it, knowing the end. But I've honestly, to this day, never rewatched it. Like, other than a couple of times on DVD when it first came out, I've never rewatched that movie. I don't think I've ever rewatched any of the M. Night Shyamalan movies. I will rewatch Signs because if you just suspension of disbelief uh, that that That's movie is. That's alien one, right? Yeah. If you, you suspend disbelief that that movie is supposed to be suspenseful. It is the funniest damn movie on the planet. <laughs> like just them running around and being scared of nothing. And it's it's hilarious. I, I watched that movie as a comedy and I'm never disappointed. <laughs> Every other M. Night, like I, st- I think The Village was the last one I watched. Oh, uh, that was one that I uh, still have not seen. I've actually seen there's a couple of them that I didn't have not seen yet. Um, I remember going to see it opening weekend with my wife. I had it spoiled for me, and because that's the whole thing of M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, there's the twist. It's all about the twist. And and that was one that I just, I heard the twist, and I was like, oh, that's, I guess that's interesting. That's kind of a neat twist, but uh, I don't need to see it now. Yeah. I went to that movie with my wife, and 10 minutes into the movie, I understood. It's like, I'm just standing there, we're watching the movie, and I'm like, it's modern day and they're on some kind of preserve and this is just all some weird thing that they're doing. And you watch the whole movie and you find that out. And the guy in front of me like just stands up and turns around at the end of the movie. He's like, how the fuck did you figure that out 10 minutes into the movie? (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, it, it was... I think it was the, one of the one of the uh, the houses they had had like a greenhouse built into it, and I'm like, there shouldn't be greenhouses built into houses of this period. If this this is, they didn't figure that out. This is something new, and yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry if you anybody out there in Radio Land has not seen Signs or <laughs> has not seen The Village. What a twist! Yeah, and I'm not, I don't know if I, I would have figured it out or not, but like I said, I just once I found out the the twist ending, like I, my complete drive for seeing it just went away. Yeah, and and that was it because like after having seen three movies in a row and all of it was yeah, about you start the twist, looking for it. you it's like okay, he's a one trick pony. This is all it's ever going to be. So I never saw another yep. another one of his movies. I unfortunately saw a glass. That's that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I, I like couldn't bring myself to it. I'm like, this is just it's, gonna ruin signs for me. Or it does. Gonna, it's it, just, it, just gonna ruin it, Unbreakable for me. It did for me. Like I wasn't gonna go back and like I said earlier, I wasn't gonna go back and rewatch it anyways. But it does kind of ruin that movie for me. Well, this seems like a good place where we can wrap this show up. Jake, where can everybody find you out in the world? 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook at a little group called Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. We may not be putting out shows right now, but we we do still pop in there. And there are people, some people, we have a fun community, fun group of people. Uh, but honestly, I've been commenting more and in, in, in really being more active when I am on Facebook on your your group. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, my own. the OND Facebook group has kind of taken on a life of its own. But we always tell people, come for the podcast, stay for the memes. So... I am John Patrick, the Master Control Program, once again saying... End of line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now! So, what's the plan? Take on... Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. Might as well write them off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up, lights out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaking! Yeah! Alright, move on! Nothing to see here! Please disperse! Nothing to see here! Please!